0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bat Truck Up Podcast. I'm James Brewsterbone here with Justin Super Trucker Martin. And before we get started, I want to thank OTR Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. Their factoring programs and solutions taking sporting truck companies to a whole new level. I can do a whole podcast on everything these guys bring to the table and the success stories to come from working with them. But for now, head on over to OTRSolutions.com slash BTU to learn more and connect with our dedicated BTU team. Justin, Merry Christmas, sir.
1: You too. I was hoping for a white Christmas this year, but it looks like it's going to be Christmas on ice. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, if you, <laughs> I don't know if it's... Uh, hopefully it'll be gone by the time this gets aired out, which uh, should be on the 28th, which is my birthday, by the way. You know, happy 41th to me. Birthday. But, yeah, uh, uh, Blizzard of Epic Proportions has decided to grace us. Uh, you could ask where it came from. Some say Siberia, some say... Uh, I. Uh, opening in the atmosphere from a solar ejection from the sun but it's awful cold. Please everybody out there listening take care of yourself stay in the truck keep it running and don't be out in the middle of a blizzard find safe shelter. That being said it is also a merry trucker Christmas and that being said we have our delightful sponsors for truckdrivingjobs.com Mr. Eric Calderon and Robert Logan here with us today. We're going to Talk shop about uh, finding a job as a truck driver, especially in this market. Justin and I both started about the same time in the late 2000s, the last time the market crashed and burned, and as you see, we survived and rose like phoenixes, and uh, we're (laughs) going to teach you how to do the same. So, Eric and Robert, how are you guys doing today?
2: Doing great, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it we're excited to talk to you guys today
0: <laughs> awesome so uh that being uh, that's the kind of the situation we're at there's a big blizzard going on it's also the winter doldrums where freight market shuts down for christmas and new year's holidays basically the last two weeks of december the first week of january is widely known as some of the slowest times in trucking that's also a time when a lot of drivers get stuck somewhere for two, three, four days and they decide, hey, it's time to look at the wanted ads. It's time to go surfing online and see who's uh, who might be a better option for me to work for. And truckdriverjobs.com does a great job with that, of posting the basically the ads of the companies and what they're offering. Uh, Eric, how long has uh, truckdriverjobs been going on? You know, uh, Give us the founding story on it.
2: So truckjobandjobs.com has been around since about 2012. And then I joined about uh, 2018. And, uh, you know, it's always been we try and we try and make it the best place for drivers to go and find the best jobs that are out there. So, um, you know, there's a lot of places that uh, that drivers can go, um, you know, and and they're all going to have jobs. But it really depends on what the best job is for that trucker and where he's at in not only in his career his experience and and what he does so we try and we try and really make it all about truck driving so um, like I said there's a lot of great websites out there to go uh, you could think of us as like the uh, the zip recruiter indeed specifically for trucking
1: so yeah I'm on the website now looking at it. it's pretty it's pretty simple to use it's, it's literally just you know keyword and where you want to look you know a lot of a lot of sites it's overly cumbersome Um, and they're not really focused on hiring truck drivers or just, you know, job boards in general and trying to filter job listings on that down to what, you know, a truck driver would be looking for. It's like looking for a needle in a stack of needles sometimes. Totally. And you
2: know, there's a, there's only so much that, uh, that can go on a website too. And, And when, especially if you're looking at it on a phone, sitting in a truck, it's hard to, uh, to get a good picture of what the job is about. So we even have our own call staff that will talk to drivers, and uh, they'll talk to drivers and try and tell them a little bit more about the position. Try and get them to, you know, take the information over the phone so that they can fill out an application form. Um, some of, I mean, most of the applications for when you want to get a, a truck driving job are very long, very mm-hmm. tedious. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, if uh, if you've applied to another job before, um, a lot of that information is saved in the ATSs. So. By having, uh, by having someone on the phone, a friendly voice that you could just say, oh, yeah, that's me. Um, we make it a little bit easier for everybody to be able to apply. Um, and that, given the, uh, the state we're in right now, you were talking about, uh, rooster you were talking about how right now is when a lot of drivers start to look for jobs. We were talking to one of our partners earlier today, and they're saying the search traffic for trucking jobs right now is is going through the roof. So there's a lot of drivers looking but the inverse is happening because of the economy and where freight is right now, there's not a lot of jobs posted. So, um, you know, it's, There's starting to be a flip from before there was a, you know, shortage of drivers. Now there seems to be more drivers and a lot less available jobs. So that's, that's going to be interesting as we move into the new
1: year. Yeah. We've, we've been hearing that talking point for, for years now where, you know, every journalist out there will say, Oh, there's a truck driver shortage. But then when you read the article, they're just quoting what the ATA has been telling them and we're fortunately finally seeing some pushback against that. Cause you know, how do you have a driver shortage for this many years while also having so many companies that have such high turnover? Um, and then I think it was California finally said, you know, Hey, we have more people with commercial driver's licenses than there are job openings in the state. So I think they're, they're finally starting to realize it's, it's a retention issue, not a, not an actual shortage issue. Um, but that being said, like what are, co- what are some companies, that are having hard times finding drivers right now as far as, as far as like specialization and hazmat oversize.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's actually, it's actually a little bit of everything, but uh, so the way that we look at it, sometimes we look at uh, the type of runs that people are doing. Right. So like OTR regional or local and, and teams. And uh, I know from, from your experience, right. You were talking to us before we got started about, about your team's experience, mm-hmm. right. Teams is going to pay more uh it's going to be a lot harder harder job. Uh local is going to pay less, but it's going you're going to get to get home uh every day. And so what we start to see is like uh you know, after after somebody's driving OTR for a while and they want to go they want to go local, it's a lot easier to find a local job once you once you have that over the road experience. Uh, but guys coming in um when they're looking when they're looking to get a job, they're like, "Oh, I just want local." And it's like, "Well, there's a lot of people that put in a lot of work for many years that are about to get the local job. So you got to, you know, you got to go out OTR. You got to do your thing for a little bit. Um, people don't want to mm-hmm. hear it. So the guys Absolutely. that the companies that are having the hardest time, I think, are those OTR runs where they're where they're gone for a long time. You know, it's it's more expensive to hire those drivers, um, but for good
1: reason. I, I see it as I did my time. Um, You know, I, my career path was pretty typical. I did OTR for eight years, um, and then local regional for seven. Um, After I got off of doing OTR, um, I started just, you guys hadn't existed yet. So I was looking at like Craigslist and stuff. And that's how I was finding jobs. And when I moved to Philadelphia, um, I had a job lined up that was supposed to be local, home every night. And then like a week before I got hired, they emailed me and they're like, oh, the customer has changed certain things. So it's going to be semi-regional. And I was like, okay, what the hell does that mean? And they're like, well, you'll be out like three, four days. And I was like, guys, I specifically got, you know applied for you guys. So that I would be home every night. And uh, within eight months after I had quit, the, I lasted two days there. I quit. And then within eight months, that place was out of business. So <laughs> I could sniff them out. <laughs> it's,
2: it's crazy because, you know, that's like a, that's kind of a typical story that, that we hear from, from drivers though. They'll, they'll sign on to something. And then once they get there, it's just a little mm-hmm. bit different. And then, and then a, a little more different and so um i think transparency has to has to be something we all have to work on we like i say we try our best to match the best driver to the best job that's out there um you know at the same time though like each one of those things has a different pay rate it has a different amount of home time and they're kind of they're, they're kind of inverse in the way that like you're going to get paid more usually if you're out longer you're gonna get paid less if you're if you're coming home every day, unless you're unless you're specialized in something. I mean, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. I think, um, you know, if you got your hazmat, if you're if you're hauling freight that's not regular, right? Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to, to make good money, um, but it's it's not glamorous, let's say.
1: Yeah, I was making really good money hauling as a mail contractor for a while. Um, But every day is a 14-hour day. I mean, long, long day. And even uh, because we were limited to the air miles um, exemption, uh, we could pull one 16-hour day a week as long as that was getting us back to the home terminal. Um, And so my route was from Philadelphia to Ashland, Virginia and back every day. So every morning, I'm driving through the Baltimore, D.C. rush hour traffic. And then if I was lucky, I would be in the truck at 5 a.m. and out of the truck at 5 p.m. But most days, it was like 6, 7 p.m. And, I mean, that's a long, that's yeah. a long, long day. And I did that for three years. Um, I, my family and I just recently did a trip to Maryland and back. And the whole time, I was like, I can't believe I did this every day. It's just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a muscle. And I've let, God, I've let it go flabby over the know, years. And I just, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> God
2: bless you you can do it, man. I, I uh, drove from, from Arizona to Texas. Um, and we we're, were like outside of Phoenix to get to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was with my, my daughter, my son, and my mother, and we actually drove it straight through. Uh, that was the longest day <laughs> I think I've ever experienced. I mean, it was, it was just ridiculous. going And going down, that, uh, going, down, going down the road when there's nothing yeah. around you for hours and hours, yeah. I mean, yeah, our, our truck drivers do an amazing job to, to keep us all rolling and having to deal with that
1: every lots day. Lots of podcasts, lots of audiobooks, uh, satellite radio. Uh, so the the first day i got i remember the, i've been i've been driving for like six seven months and the first- time, first day I had a a, a series x m radio in the truck I was like oh this is this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> you, you can, have, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can awesome. be streaming music and stuff, but like if you're out in like Nebraska, there's no data out there for your phone, so you you either have to have it already <laughs> downloaded or um you know you hope you don't mind listening to the same three songs over and over again. Or listen to the lo- or listen to that, the local that. stations, but yeah. Once I got a satellite radio, I was like, oh, I can literally just have it on one station and listen to it the whole drive. It was great. No, that's great. That,
2: thank goodness for Spotify Pro now, where you could download mm-hmm. everything and keep it on your <laughs> phone too. funny you could you could download this podcast right, just listen oh, yeah. to it all the way through.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Oh, yeah. Um, so back on the site here, I, I uh, just just for you know shits and giggles here, I, I searched. Uh, so I'm I'm in the Northeast, so I searched philadelphia local and i'm looking at what jobs are posted here and i'm seeing some of the rates uh not bad uh 70 so the 70 cents per mile is what they're charging for or paying for otr and top hourly rate is 34 dollars an hour that's pretty good
2: yeah you know we've got we've got some we've got some good companies out there that are putting up some good jobs um there's a lot of competition for those jobs. Right. So with, along with anything, right. We, uh, and this, this is kind of interesting because we we're in a, uh, an interesting spot because we can see from where we sit, the companies that are putting out the jobs and then the percentage of drivers that they're getting in. But we can also see, because if you're on truck driving jobs.com, usually a driver will apply to multiple mm-hmm. jobs in one city. Right. So we can see how many, uh, how many jobs that driver is applying to and and it kind of becomes a a little game that like the companies have to contact that driver right away because if they don't contact him right away he's already talking to somebody else and they wait a day or two he's already got another job right so um on the other end though i think uh drivers need to be a little bit better about hearing all the offers first before they choose one thing like sometimes we'll have We'll have drivers that will apply for 30 jobs, right? Because they're sitting there. They're like, I, I, I hate where I'm at. I'm, I'm sitting, the cab is freezing. I'm doing my thing. And they apply to 30 jobs. They're going to get 30 phone calls. But on phone call number five, they're like, oh, I don't want any more phone calls. I'm just going to take this job. And then they don't answer. And then call number six might be a better job with a with better pay and in uh, a better location. So, um, you know, just being prudent about maybe I'll just... If five is my limit, I'm going to apply to five jobs today, five jobs the next day, you know, space it out so you can figure it out. Because, um, you know, like you said, even in this time right now where there's where there's less jobs out there, good drivers can still find a job because there's still
1: people mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, I, so I go on our TikTok all the time and I see guys bragging about, oh, I can get a job anywhere. I can do this, I can do that. And immediately you go into the replies and it's like, you would not get hired where I work at because I know the owner and the owner sees people like you and they see the content you're putting out. They won't hire you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's still a, there's still a level of, uh, of loyalty. I think that, and that's, that's the thing. And you see it. um, I think you see it with most, with most drivers, there's a level of loyalty to the, to the industry. Mm -hmm. And if the company's good, there's definitely a level of loyalty to that company. Right. So you got, we just, uh, we sponsored for one of one of our carriers. We sponsored their um, their million mile driver thing out in Talladega, and uh, they had all their million mile or drivers come out and drive NASCARs. Oh, cool! Stuff. And that was, I mean, these guys were these guys are having a ball, man, and they they uh, they treat their drivers well, um, and the drivers treat the company well. so that and that that still happens out there. But I think in uh, in a market where there's um, you know, maybe it'll change now into this coming year with, with what's going on with freight, but um, for a little while here, there's been a lot of jumping. And like you said, the uh, the retention issues are mm-hmm. crazy, you know, absolutely crazy. But um, what's feeding into all this too, is that like we, we uh, like I say, we we probably see more than most, we'll see all the people that are applying to jobs and we can see how long they've been drivers. And there's a lot of people in their seventies that are still driving. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 there's a big percentage of them like that, and they're about to go out. And all these youngsters that come in, if they're not ready for that hard work, or they're they've been sold a different kind of, it's uh it'll be a little bit different from once they once they see. So
1: yeah, I, th- I think COVID really. So I I like to say that COVID was like an accelerant. You know, all these trends were were coming, but whether they were five years or ten years away, COVID pretty much just like press the accelerator pedal, and it all happened within six months. So, you know, when I was hired at the Postal Service, we had about 250 drivers total at the facility I worked at um, amongst three different shifts. And when I was hired, we were 72 drivers short. And when I left, we were 78 drivers short five years later. Because um, COVID really, a lot of guys kind of saw the writing on the wall. They're in their 70s. We, our, our oldest driver was 78. I believe he's still driving there and loves it. You know, he literally lives across the street from the plant. (laughs) He goes to work every day. (laughs) And a lot of guys were like, I'm done with this. Um, And so a bunch retired. You know, they they hired enough guys or so they thought. And then we got crushed with the, the parcel volume. And so they needed more drivers. And then guys started retiring faster than they can be replaced. And I think that was like true for a lot of companies. You know, we saw that with Walmart for forever. They were the hardest job to get into as a truck driver. You needed a spotless record. And even if you had that and qualified to apply there, um, the testing that they did would flunk out more people than like Ivy League schools. You know, they had a higher rejection rate than uh, Harvard, I think it was. Um, yeah, but it's it's it's, it's, it's 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 so, kind of bit themselves in the butt now because, um, you know, for the longest time they've been bragging that the number one reason people leave Walmart is retirement, um, which is great when, you know, it's the 90s and you have all your guys in their prime, but when you fast forward 20, 30 years later, you know, that your fleet, your fleet's aging and you don't have that pipeline of guys coming out of, you know, new truck companies to get experience and then go to uh, better companies. I, I think that pipeline is breaking down where guys, they go into carriers and these carriers understand, you know, hey, we're, we're an entry level team or we're, we're an entry level company. You know, we either hire new drivers or we hire guys with no experience. Um, but they work here for two years, You get to experience, and they go somewhere else. So we're const- those are the companies that are constantly getting new people coming in and, and dealing with the retention problem. But it's those other companies, the, the so-called greener pastures, I think that are really struggling right now because that pipeline of drivers from those companies to them has completely run dry.
2: Yeah. you know it's it's funny because we so we're owned. Our parent company is uh, Transforce, mm-hmm. right? So Transforce.com, and they do. They've got a really, really good uh, system in place for this type of pipeline, right? So we're able to offer everything from, you know, drivers coming out of school. We own a bunch of schools. We have uh, we have a partnership, um, and and we have some schools on military bases so we can train uh, military vets to get their CDL before they get out. Um, and then we have partnerships with the carriers to try and get them jobs as soon as they come out. At the same time, we have, uh, you know, truck driving jobs and American Driver Network, which do uh, W-2 hiring. Right. And uh, so we're trying to look at we're trying to look and fill that pipeline from any place that that we could get good drivers from. Right. So because at the end of the day, you've got this this big amount of drivers that are going to be retiring. And then and the the pandemic kind of caused this little dip uh, where when the schools were closed Mm -hmm. and everything, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a percentage of, we always, we always talk about how many months experience a driver has. Right. Um, There's a lot of drivers that have, you know, three to six months experience. Right. Then there's a lot of drivers that have more than 48 months experience, but that middle, because the schools were closed and because, you know, there was less freight and and people weren't out there. um, There's a lot of drivers that don't have between let's say a year in two and a half years experience yeah. there's a big dip right um, there and a lot of carriers they can't they they need that you know they need a minimum of 12 months experience to put a driver in a truck so what Transforce does is they they they've got this pipeline and then they also do staffing for companies so if uh if a company needs uh you know a driver right away and one of the good things about their jobs is that they're they're mostly local so um, you know, a driver can go in there, they can they can get more experience, they can build that resume, be a part of Transforce, and then um, when they're ready to move on, they move on. I mean we have we have drivers that come in and out, they they love uh, they love working that local route, they love working that transports and, and then, you know, when they're ready to go or they wanna do something else, maybe they wanna haul explosives or <laughs> something, you know, for the military. <laughs> We'll uh we can help him at truck driving jobs.
1: How okay, so how was hiring during COVID? Um, I'll give a funny little example. So when I was at the postal service, we had a guy that was hired and they had this policy where two people couldn't be in the truck at the same time, uh, for you know, for social distancing reasons. But in order uh-huh. to so when they hire you, you have to show that you know how to drive a truck, and so you have to sit in the truck with a trainer and they take you on the road and stuff. But because this guy couldn't be in a truck by himself, because he wasn't qualified to be in the truck, and we couldn't have an instructor in him because of these new COVID policies. There was this period of like 90 days coming down where he was going to make it past his probationary period, never having been inside of a truck. And with postal no. workers, once you've made it past your probationary period, it is impossible to get fired. Um, fortunately, yeah, the guy yeah. he was a good driver. You know, he was, he was a decent guy and everything. But we got really <laughs> lucky. There's been there some times where they'll, they'll hire, they'll bring in like 20, 20 guys at once and maybe two of them can drive. Because a lot of guys, they yeah. when they apply, they they just they have a class B CDL or they have a class A, but they've only driven straight trucks, but so they can't back a trailer at all. And that's the first thing that they look they look for once once you're once you're finally hired, not during the hiring process, but once you're actually hired, that's when they decide to test you for whatever dumb reason. But yeah, guys will guys will come in, quit their jobs, go through the whole background check. Six months later, finally the first day on the job. Oh, I don't know how to back a trailer. Okay, well you're fired. Yeah, and it's like it's like thousands of dollars per applicant to to like go through all that stuff. Yeah, I told guys that's the that's the if I was a trucking company, that's the first thing I'm going to check is uh, whether or not that guy can back a trailer. Because you you can you can you can lie on a resume, you can cheat a drug test, you can BS your way through an interview, but you cannot lie about being able to back a trailer up to a door. Yeah,
2: that's you know I think a lot of companies were facing that same thing during that during the the period at the beginning of the pandemic when they didn't let anybody Mm -hmm. in. be near each other. Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, well, so I'm sure that there was protocols that were followed and all that. Um, but once it started to get really serious, I mean, you still saw freight Mm -hmm. freight got to where it was supposed to get. So I think, uh, you know, some companies, I think probably did it better than others. Um, you know, and you could, you could talk about what, you know, whether mass help or didn't help or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But, um, You know, I I, I think in the end, uh, we were thankfully able to get through that part. However, um, having those schools closed and all that, that, that's causing problems now. Wow, that far back. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, there's a big, there's a big, uh, there's a big, think about it. If for six months, um, you had no drivers graduating, Hmm. right? And you look at the amount of drivers that are graduating every month you've got a big uh, you got a big amount of people who would have a certain amount of experience and can do certain jobs
1: that are just not mm. there. So and I tell I tell young guys this all the time now if you have a CDL and you've got like a year or two years experience and you don't have a major you know if you're not told screw up the world's basically your oyster at this point is that is that pretty much the case?
2: Still. Yeah. Well, it's still the case and uh, and like I said I mean it it really depends on on what you want to do, right? Because there's there's companies out there that'll they'll put you on a team, they'll give you a big bonus, but then you gotta run. Yeah. You know, you gotta be running. And uh, you know, there are some we talked to some drivers and they're they're happy to do it. They don't have a lot of responsibility. They'll jump in the truck, they'll make a bunch of money for a couple of years, then they'll buy their truck and then you know they'll sign on a contract for somebody until they can get, get their own contract. Um but there's also a revolving door. Yeah of people that come in and they say, okay, well, you know, I, I want to run. I want, I want to get this $10,000 sign on bonus or uh, do this lease purchase plan. And then when it doesn't work out, they bounce. So, um, you know, it's there, there's still, there's still ways to do well in freight. There's still ways to, to, you know, to not have it be a good experience.
1: Yeah. Team is tough because trying to get two random strangers in the truck together and not have them at each other's throats, you know, five minutes down the road, It's next to impossible. I was very fortunate. The first time I drove team was with my first company. Um, I met this guy, Shane, um, at the operating center in Indianapolis. Uh, Every time we did laundry, it's like we kept running into each other. And uh, we were both on this. So we were with Schneider at the time. And they had this program called Home Run, where you would be out for two weeks and then home for one week. And it was three drivers sharing two trucks. It was basically like a constant. It was a rotation schedule. It was great because you get your home time, but you don't make any money doing that i mean that's it's everything has to go perfect from like the minute you from your first day to your last day of those two weeks everything has to go flawlessly if you get to a customer and there's a delay or if there's a breakdown whatever you know anything along the way it just wipes out your earning potential um and then they had team home run and so we were like well let's give that a try and we drove together for about six months and it was it was decent you know uh but then I, i got onto a dedicated account and uh you know i lived out the rest of my time doing that But yeah, that was the first time doing team. And I I kind of realized how different the freight driving team was versus, you know, solo van driver, because um, I was based out of Indianapolis and I never went east of the Mississippi or I'm sorry, west of the Mississippi as a solo driver. But Mm -hmm. our first load we had as a team driver, boom, California, we went went to Kentucky,
0: picked
1: picked up some plastic and they said, hey, guys, you're going to Compton. We're like,
0: sweet. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Compton Rail Yard. I know that place.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we were picking up. So it was, it was, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it. It was somewhere in Kentucky. It was rural Kentucky, and they make these plastic pellets. And what they do is they take those pellets and ship them overseas to uh, Korea, where it gets melted down and stamped out into uh, Kia quarter panels and, and instrument panels for the car. Oh, crazy. And then those panels get put into a shipping container and then sent back to America where they're reassembled into the full car so it's just like we make the raw materials here send it to korea and then the finished product or pieces are, are sent back to america so it was, it was cool watching like the supply chain bouncing bouncing back and forth to me it didn't make any sense because like why can't we just make the car here you know, why are we sending it halfway across the world well, and, then, and then back but yeah
2: somebody has to talk to their congressman <laughs> about putting one of those little stamping uh facilities in indiana there i mean you go kentucky to indiana and then to detroit or yeah. whatever
1: but the, uh, so we get to Compton and we're in this, so we, we unload and the, the backhaul that they got for us, we're at this, um, facility, it was uh, foam insulation And it's like, imagine just a, a big warehouse with like giant blocks of foam and like teams of guys just picking up the foam and chucking them into the back of trailers. And, um, we were hungry. So we, we get out of the truck, we go inside we're seeing all this foam flying everywhere. And we had, it was like five, six o'clock at night. And we asked the guys, they are like, "Hey, what's a good place to go out to eat around here?" And like literally, everybody stops and looks at us, and they're like, "Don't go outside, just stay in your truck. We'll load, we'll load uh, you, crazy. and then go go back to go back to your operating center. Do not, do not go walk around out here." That
2: <laughs> uh, is crazy. That was your first introduction to confidence. Yeah, it's like up because like
1: when you when you get in there during the day, you know, there's like food trucks around everywhere. You know, you want to check out the local cuisine, but uh, yeah, they're like once the, once the sun goes down, they're like, "Nah, just stay in your truck."
2: That's funny.
1: That's funny. So do you miss being out on Oh, the road? yeah. Especially like the change of scenery, the change of weather, um, the food. You know, there's like lo- certain local restaurants you, you learn over time. Um, some places you, you know that can you can fit a truck into if you try hard enough. Um, like when, so like when I moved to Philadelphia, um, it's a big enough city that you can try something new all the time. But like if you are out in the country or in a suburb somewhere, you know, your options are pretty, pretty limited
2: the uh we get a lot of drivers that apply to our jobs uh out of Texas and Florida
1: and uh yeah.
2: so those those are great places to be you know but and uh great places to hire because there's a there's a lot of drivers a lot of drivers but um it's uh so case you said Indiana earlier and that's uh you know there's there's a lot of jobs um, but there's less and less drivers i think so i'm wondering if if you guys have seen like uh, you know, a decrease in the number of drivers in, in certain parts of in certain parts of the country. Because it, it's definitely getting to a point where we're starting to see it's a lot easier to hire in certain places than other places. And uh, where it's easier to hire may not be where the freight is.
1: it also depends on where people are moving to. Like Florida is a big boom state right now. A lot more people are moving to Florida than moving mm-hmm. out. Texas, I believe, is also mm-hmm. the case. Um, I lived in Indiana yep. for a little while too. You know it's its nickname is the crossroads of America. Um, so a lot big, big mm-hmm. transportation hub there. Um, Wabash trailers is uh, based out of Indiana. Uh, Gary, Indiana is a huge uh, trucking hub. Um, so if you're in the area, you know, mm-hmm. you can always find work. might not be, might not be great work, but it's work. You know, you'll, you'll never be unemployed. <laughs> uh, Tracy, California too. Yeah. So the, the company I drove for uh, when I was hauling hazmat, they were based in Tracy, California. And for those of you that don't know, don't know, if you look at the map, San Francisco basically has no room for war- warehouses or trucks or anything. So, Tracy, California, mm-hmm. is just one giant warehouse for San Francisco. And <laughs> I, I, I say crazy. all the time, if you have a CDL and you live in Tracy and you don't have a job,
0: there is something wrong with you. If you haven't gone to otrsolutions.com slash BTU yet, here's your reminder. Not sure how to say it, but the factoring these guys just makes sense. They're focused on driving your success and helping you grow your company. They've gone as far as offering custom business email address setups so you can negotiate better rates with brokers. There's just so much opportunity out there, and OTR is your ticket to success. So head on over to OTRSolutions.com/slash-BTU and check out their solutions.
1: That's crazy. So you were down, you were down by Stockton, yeah. Stockton, or Modesto, or all that, yeah. Yep. And I was very close to moving out there until um, I had some friends in Philadelphia that, that said they had a room available. Because at, at the time, you know, I was driving team, and running all over the place, you know, ten thousand miles a week. It was just I was getting drained. And I kind of had it in my yeah. head. is like if, if I was going to settle down somewhere, there, somewhere it'd either be uh, California in Tracy or um, like Northern Florida, Jacksonville, you know, there's all the intermodal out there or um, Philadelphia. And so I chose Philly and I've been out here ever since. Good choice, man. Yeah. Good choice.
2: <laughs> Especially now you made the right choice.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's a totally, it's, it's different from any place I'd ever lived. You know, I never, I wasn't like a big sports guy. So um, when I went to like my first Eagles game and the first Phillies game, I was like, you know, the, all the stereotypes of the, the insanity of the fans out here. It's a hundred percent true. They're all psychos that's and they love it. They're they're, they're totally proud of that, it too. That, yeah. They, awesome. they had this, there was a story in the news back in, I think the nineties or eighties about, um, it was a flyers game and there was a uh, Santa Claus on the ice and they were throwing batteries at Santa Claus. And I heard that story <laughs> and I was like, is that true? And everyone like, nobody's like, no, no, they're like, yeah, it's a hundred percent. And that Santa sucked. He deserved it. <laughs> 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 they're just brutal up here
2: <laughs> that's funny it's uh, what do you call it they have to uh they,
1: that's hilarious that's i blame funny. the northeast winters it's a it's, uh, cold cold climates cold people but they're they're nice you know until you cross the line i call it the wawa test you know what wawa is so wawa is like a big like that. convenience store chain up here and as long, as, as, long oh. as the line's moving and everyone's getting their coffee and getting out the door everything's fine but if you hold that hold up that line you're getting stabbed Everybody in that everybody well, in that store wants I, to murder you.
2: Yeah. I thought when you said wow," I thought that was like the winer test. Like, <laughs> if you're a winer, then you're definitely gonna get the uh get the battery thrown at you.
1: Now give it a few years. They're they're spreading everywhere. They're they're up they're down in Florida now. Um I I wouldn't be surprised if they're gonna be in Texas within within the near future. That's cool. i trying to think what you so you guys have uh out there. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, yeah, that's going to be hard. That's going to be a hard market to crack. But I am actually not a fan of Bucky's. Bucky's is anti-truck. What? They don't allow truck parking. Uh, huh? yeah.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I know. That that I that I know. I feel I feel conflicted about that too. Um, you know, but usually there's a there's a uh there's a truck stop right next oh, to it Oh, it has to be. So out here, the ones that the ones that we're at, there's there's literally a truck stop right across the road from. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's. So you walk across. It's easy competition because you know it's not even like oh you can't fit a truck. They literally have signs that say no trucks at all. So yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's a rough one.
1: Never been a one. Never never have
2: you ever had Beaver Nuggets though?
1: No,
0: I can't say I have.
2: Oh, we'll we'll send you some Beaver Nuggets.
1: (laughs) Sweet.
0: Uh, talking about gift giving, um, a merry trucker Chris is going on, and uh, the 12th article, the 12th day releases on the 23rd. Uh, it's been a great run, a great project. (laughs) Kind of came from a question like, a you know, was back truck wasn't going to do anything for the holidays, and they're like, yeah, let's do a 12 days of Christmas articles, you know, gift giving, uh, some, some stuff truckers can use out on the road, and you know, we collaborated with the uh, truck driving jobs.com on it. And, uh, you guys have been running a little bit of a giveaway. If you go to the, any, basically any article on back to com right now, you'll see the banner where you can sign up for the giveaway. Uh, Eric, any, any hints or what, what the presents might be. that you guys will be giving away? Uh, I know one is going to be on what the truck, uh, coming in January.
2: Yeah. So we're, uh, we're actually giving away, um, uh... Twelve items, um, a bunch of a bunch of hundred dollar gift cards in there, so that people can pick the the nice things they want for their truck. Um, when it, in partnering with you guys, we were trying to figure out, okay, how do we how do we do this? And you guys are doing the twelve days, so it was like, oh, well, let's do twelve giveaways. So, like you said, if you go to any of your any of your articles on there, there's a little link you can click on the on the little banner, um, and then you can just sign up we do ask you trucker related questions just to make sure truckers are the ones that are actually signing up (laughs) for the giveaway. So, um, you know, uh, you you fill out a little form and then we're going to, we're going to run it through, uh, the end of the year. And then I think we're on, um, we're on with you guys on the, uh, on the third or the fourth, and then we'll announce it on the fifth. We'll announce all the
1: winners. Awesome. Awesome. Kind of want to know these questions now. I hope I can pass.
2: No, I think you'll be fine. I mean, <laughs> there, it really is just like experience questions, but you, you may not know, you know, you may not answer it properly if you're not a trucker. So
1: <laughs> it's like these uh, Facebook groups you get into. They, they have like questions that you have to answer in order to uh, to be allowed in. Yeah, yeah, they, they never let me in those Facebook groups, man. I don't know why. I've, so I can get in like on my personal page, but so I run the back of the truck up uh, Facebook page too, and it's it's like if they know you're a person, they're fine with it, but it, once they think that you're like a website or a business, they just block you on everything. It's so annoying. Oh, for me, it's uh, I don't think they like
2: my answers. I'm, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm a little too honest sometimes. So.
1: <laughs> what do you, what would you recommend for for say drivers that are so you got a year or two years experience, would it be better to stay as like a non-specialized van driver and, you know, let the opportunities like come flowing to you? Or would you, do you think it's more advantageous to like specialize in something and then like narrowly focus on like either flatbed or, or reefer or, you know, tar- tarp loads, that kind of thing? But-
2: I think it, it, will depend one on, on where you are in the country. Right. And then, and then secondly, on, uh, what your tolerance is for the extra work you'll have to do for those specializations. Right. So if you, if you've got a, if you've got to strap your own loads and tarp and you got to be willing to do that, are you gonna make more money? Yeah. Are you gonna, are you gonna haul different things and be in a different place for sure? Um, but you gotta be willing to do that and do that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm on TikTok a lot too. And I'll see I'll see drivers that'll that'll film somebody like they'll be like, look at how this guy just tarped this thing or <laughs> how he loaded it. Blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll go, you know, and it's uh you really gotta you really gotta take pride in what you're doing in that in that situation. I think we're down in Texas, so um there's a lot of work. Um if you've got hazmat and tanker, hmm. right? There's a lot of work out here. Um but there's also you know, you could go out to uh, to West Texas and, and you can make good money, um, but you got to be out there in West Texas for a while. Working
1: in oil fields. So, um, you
2: just, yep, you just got to be willing to you got to be willing to do uh, the extra stuff on the job to make that extra money. I mean, nothing nothing is uh, is uh, simple and easy. My, my mother used to say, "If it's simple and easy, then anybody can do it." So you're not going to make any money. So you just gotta you gotta you still got to work hard. So um, I would say. I'm always a specialization guy, right? Because I think if you specialize in something, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna do a lot better. Um, but then, you know, if you want to move and go back to to Van and move down to Florida, you there's a lot of jobs in the in the South Florida area too. So yeah, and you can live yeah. in the sun. So
1: what was nice with so when I was hauling munitions for a while, what was nice with that stuff is you never touch anything. So, I, you know, I see guys tarping and stuff and I'm like, nah, it's a little too much work for me. But then they'll sh- they'll show me the bill of lading and they'll say like, well, I got paid a hundred bucks to tarp this. You know, and if if they've been doing it for a while and they can tarp and say it between half an hour to an hour, that's a hundred bucks an hour you just made. So it's not bad. You yeah. know, we, I'm trying to remember. I don't think we, I think we were paid. So we were paid per mile and then per stop. But like if it took them like three hours to load us or unload us, you know, we weren't paid. For that time, but again, you're not touching any of it, so it's it's all about, like you said, it's all about what you're you're comfortable, you know, living with. Yep. So they didn't they didn't do detention pay for you guys, or I think they did. So we would have not not for like loading or unloading, but let's say because we were delivering to bases and everything's closed on the weekends. If we had Mm -hmm. something in the trailer and we could drop the trailer on base and then bobtail out, uh, we could get a hotel for the night. And then any hotel after that, the company would pay fifty dollars per night for the for that. But now, because of the the, the equipment that we were hauling, we would have a, a we had a van trailer and then we had a dramatory box on the truck. And so if we had a tra- if we had a load in the trailer and the truck, and we had to leave the truck on base and take a like a taxi off base, then we were we were yeah oh, wow. we had we had plenty of times where we just didn't have the truck at all. Um, the company would pay for the hotel, just period, because you don't have any any place to to sleep for the night um so that 50
2: bucks a night though that's like four seasons money right
1: <laughs> <now>. <laughs> we've seen <stayed laughs> some pretty rough the, the, <laughs> the, God, the worst one we were we were going to um seal beach in california and i think it's a uh it wasn't a motel six it was a days it, super, super eight super eight one of, one of those things <laughs> and 90 something dollars a night they're charging and it's like you know not even one star it's like a 10th of a 10th of the star. Spence. even, even the cockroaches at the hotel were like, this is a ripoff. <laughs> um, but then when I, so I drove the, the first partner I had with them, I drove with him for two years and he retired and I brought, I brought my dad on to drive with me and he's retired air force. And what's great about that is it's a lot easier getting on and off bases um, when you have military ID. Cause you don't have to get like the security clearance and or, or the checks and everything while you're, while you're there. And you can stay on housing on base. So we went to oh, we went wow. to uh Quantico and they had just finished building like the, you could smell the paint on the walls that's how fresh this place was and it's like a nice <laughs> three star hotel right there on the water and I think it was like twenty eight dollars a night. we paid because it's oh, it's awesome. it's like super cheap on the on uh, the on base housing uh, t t uh TLQ, I think they're temporary living quarters they call it and it, they they got some really nice spots out there Because a lot of it's for like retired military people you know if you want to go play tourist for a while or go you know, on the golf courses and stuff, you can just live out your retirement doing that if you want. And a lot of guys do. Awesome. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to get into, um, hazmat or military style freight, um, the best kinds of drivers for, um, freight like that recently retired military couples. Um, I, um, we met, um, Manti Teo at a uh, conference that Freightwaves is hosting, uh, last month. And he owns a trucking company and he and I were talking for a bit and he's having a hard time finding drivers because he's trying to, he's trying to get contracts to haul that kind of freight. But all the teams that he had, all the drivers that he's hiring either don't want to, don't want to drive team or they don't have like the, I don't know, the experience to haul that kind of freight. And so he was asking me like, what's, what's the best kind of driver to to look for that? And I was like, that's exactly what I did for four years. And I was like, I told him you need, you need recently retired military couples or um, like me and my dad, you know, father and son, uh, uh, military retirees and he was like oh thanks well i'll
2: i'll, I'll give you my number give him give him my number because like i said <laughs> we have those uh we have those uh we've got those schools on the military bases and uh you know one of the biggest things that we try and do is try and get our military vets placed in in good positions um so that you know if we, we, we talk to a lot of companies and we say look if you if you're looking for Good employees, our military veterans are, are amazing. There's a there's a loyalty to them. There's a uh, there's a level of uh, I you mean, say um, understanding the importance of what you're doing mm-hmm. and the mission that you have, and uh, that's like uh, so that that's like huge for us. So so I'm serious, man. You you know anybody that wants to hire vets or anything like that, um, give them my number and we'll we'll figure out how we can help them out.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, the company I used to drive for uh, Green Valley Transportation. I I just spoke with them. Uh, a few months back and they're they're always hiring, you know, it's, it's just the yep. nature, it's the nature of the, of the industry too. It's not that their turnover is like super high or anything, you know, I'd say they're probably average, mm-hmm. but, um, I think because of who they hire for the most part, you know, older, older couples, they just don't last as long mm-hmm. as, you know, a, a driver going into a company for, uh, when they're 25 is going to have a much longer career at a company than somebody who say in their fifties and sixties, you know, t- towards the yep. tail end of their career. Um, but I, yep. I was lucky. Like I said, I was, I don't even think I was 30 yet when I went, or I think probably 31 or 32 when that job landed in my lap, you know, and I, oh, and I knew cool. it. A lot of guys that I ran into, you know, they were old enough to be my parents and, you know, they'd see me and they're like, who the hell are you? You know, what are you, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I'm literally, <laughs> I just, I know, I am lucky. <laughs> I just, I know a guy who knows a guy and uh, he got me the job here.
2: Oh, that's fun. So we just, uh, we just sponsored the, uh, the Veterans Ready Summit out in DC. Um okay. and it was it was basically uh transportation industry trying to figure out with the uh with the US military how to work together to get um vets jobs and and ex military jobs um in the logistics industry and one of the things that was kind of interesting not not just truck driving but anything in logistics right when you look at when you look at the careers of, of some of our our uh, active service members like a lot of it is logistics, mm-hmm. right? Moving things from point A to point B, things that are really hard to move. And, uh, e- even, you know, when it comes to, to people, tanks, uh, weapons, whatever, it's got to get from point A to point B. And someone's got to figure out how to do that. And someone's got to take it there. And that's basically the same kind of model as our transportation industry. So it's a, it's a good, uh, transition that can happen. So we were out there and, um, we met a lot of people, and I think there's a there's a lot of opportunity um, to figure out a way to present these opportunities to our uh, to our, our military members so that they know what the different options are that are out there. So I I got a buddy at Transforce named Gene. Gene's another one. Like if, if you know anybody that's that's looking for for veterans or veterans that that want to uh, want to get a CDLA or get into logistics, I'll give you Gene's number and and he'll set them up. Um, you know a lot of times it's like you said it's it's knowing somebody that knows how to do mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. and that person being uh open to helping you and so uh that, that's one of the things we're trying to do I mean, it was it was a great experience I'll tell you uh if anybody could if if there's something you can do there's this thing called Wreaths across America I'm sure everybody yep. knows yeah what Wreaths across America is right but yeah being being like going to it uh it, it was huge I, I took my son with me And, um, you know, we part of the Veterans Ready Summit at the end uh, on the last day, it was Wreaths Across America. And we went into Arlington Cemetery and there's semi trucks everywhere parked in the cemetery, all filled with Mm. wreaths and, Mm. you know, truckers and truckers families handing out the wreaths to volunteers that are there. A huge percentage in the in the logistics industry that are there to place wreaths on all of these on all of these graves, right. In in memory of these soldiers. And they, you know, you, uh, there's a whole thing. Like uh, when we were at the dinner the night before the lady said that there is, um, that you, you pass away twice, right. Once when you pass away. And the second time when, when no one ever says your name, Yeah, I've heard, I I love that. Part of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, so part of the whole thing is like, you know, honoring this, this military veteran at Arlington saying his name, looking at like what wars he was in, what his service was about, you know, and, uh, and we took pictures of, of, uh, of the headstone so we could try and look up what the history of these people were. My, my, uh, my wife's grandpa was, uh, was in the, um, he was in the air force and uh, he actually was in, in three wars, volunteered for the second one for the, for the last two, he volunteered and you know, he he was a air force pilot. And uh, so so we've always had, uh, you know, roots there. Very different to be there and, and look at how many other families have that same thing, you know. Um, so I, I would say, if you can, wherever you're at, try and do Rees Across America. I think they're doing it like over 200 cemeteries uh, throughout the country now. Um, you know, it's all on the same day. So for for next year, um, start looking now. Um, we're we're going to try and do something here in Houston this year. So so uh, you know. It it's a uh, it's a great thing to be a part of, and interesting to see how much of the um, trucking industry is a part of that as well. So good crossovers. Yeah,
1: us. there's always been a nice crossover between the military and the trucking industry. I think back when I was still hauling military freight, there were guys that were in the service, and you know they would haul tanks and trucks and everything in the, in the military service, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a commercial CDL, it wasn't a commercial driver's license. So they would they would be in the military and uh, the contract would run out and then they would get out and nobody could hire them because they didn't have a commercial driver's license. Um, I, I think that's completely changed now. Um, people, and especially the mega carriers, they, they they realize very quickly that like oh we have this like huge hiring pool of people that have all these qualifications and they could very easily fit into uh, you know the needs of our companies. Um, but that also applied to uh, combat veterans too or uh, combat medics. You know, they, they weren't medical doctors, but they had more experience than you know, the, the most hardened nurses and doctors you would see in like ER rooms across the, across the country. And they couldn't get into uh, the medical fields because they didn't have the, uh, you know, the, the, the piece of paper that somebody that went to a medical school has. You know, it's funny you mentioned that
2: because uh, so that was part of this whole Veterans Ready Summit is that like there's companies that that want to hire the military there's military members that want to go into work at some of these companies, but there's still a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the veterans ready summit, uh, was a really good, I think, first step at looking at how to make that bottleneck, you know, how to, how to widen that so that companies can have access to these, these great employees and these great employees can have access to these companies. So we, I mean, we, we, uh, just on our end. So we do on top of truck driving We do, um, direct marketing, uh, campaigns for companies. So, you know, a truck company will come to us and say, Hey, we need, we need to hire 15 guys in this area to help us do it. So we'll do stuff online all over the place. And, uh, you know, we'll Google, Facebook, whatever, right. To try and get them the, the hires. Um, you know, sometimes they come and say, you know, we, we have this program. We want to hire these military vets and we have to go out and find them. Um, so, I think what uh, what the Veterans Ready Summit was doing was really good because it's it's giving us insight into how to find
1: these. Yeah. Postal Service has been you know, a huge resource for that for years. That's why so many guys in the Postal Service are retired military uh, retired military um, guys. It was just an easy fit. They mm-hmm. they knew they already knew somebody who worked there, and the way that it's kind of run is sort of like the military. You know, they, they use the same lingo, the mm-hmm. same um, the same clock, um, the way you punch in and punch out. You know, it's all. Nobody knows your name. It's all first. It's all it's all uh-huh. either last names or nicknames. Um. So yeah, it's it's that's why so many uh, vets go into uh, the postal service. It's just a nice, easy transition.
0: Talking about turnover, uh, what yeah. are, what are some of the numbers you're seeing going through your your uh, applications for uh, new drivers looking for jobs or uh, experienced drivers trying to swap around? Are you seeing any? Uh, uh, increases or in, decreases in that kind of trend?
2: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, the uh, when I first got into into this industry, someone was talking about like 85 90% turnover rate. And I was like, what? Higher. God, I didn't even understand. Higher than that. Yeah. We... And then it was like in the hundred and something yep, percent yep. turnover rate. And I um, was 30, like, wait a minute. Right how, how, <laughs> how is that even possible, yep. right? Um, but, you know, from the other end, where we see drivers applying, you know there there's a pattern. Drivers will take a job, and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. They'll take a job, and they'll uh, be promised one thing. Two months into it, they start to see it's not that. So you mm-hmm. see that same driver applying to jobs again. So I mean, so we see patterns. I can't I can't give you a specific percentage because we don't have the whole market, right? But of the drivers that we see, we see drivers applying every two to three months multiple times a year looking at different companies. So, and it, and it's not onesie twosies. It's, it's a lot of drivers out
0: there. That's crazy because, you know, usually you see the cycle following the hire on bonus, you know, all these companies, they throw to, the, mm-hmm. you know, the $2,000, $3,000 sign on bonuses. I know uh, during the great hiring spree, yeah, uh, we were seeing some crazy numbers, you know, $10,000, fifteen thousand dollar hiring bonuses you know for two year three-year commitments but and usually that's what the the patterning holds to is when that sign-on bonus runs out we get into the next market downturn or the next uh, big slowdown like Christmas holidays and drivers go see who's got the best sign-on bonuses and they start going there but seeing like you said these the cycle is now going to a quarterly hiring you know every three two three four months i mean uh is, is this mainly drivers not following their commitment to the driver or what they promised them when they're hired or is it you know just that cr- crazy with freight having enough freight to keep those drivers going you know what uh, what do you see is uh calls it at
2: i think you know right now it'll be interesting what ends up happening now um for since the pandemic um Freight has been crazy, right? There's been plenty of freight. Um, we, we pay attention to to how many truckloads per truck are available, right? And, uh, you know, it's upwards of 5 to 12 loads available per truck in certain parts of the U.S. And uh, so the freight was there. Um, with the freight being there, then the opportunities were there for drivers to move around, Right. Uh, you know sometimes it's greener pastures sometimes it's you know promised something and it and it wasn't there um and then part of it is just human nature and upward mobility right like if if uh if there's a shortage or a perceived shortage or there's a need for drivers in certain markets and i'm i'm able to chase that sign-on bonus and that sign-on bonus is only let's say it gets paid out over six months then i know i'm probably hanging out for at least six months to get that bonus but but I'm still trying to, trying to move up, right. Upward mobility. That's, that's what everybody wants. So now it's going to be a little bit interesting because this freight starts to come down. Um, you know, the, the, the trends that we've seen, like even on, you know, we, we follow a lot of stuff on freight waves and uh, you know, the reports they have on, you know, October was a, was a horrible month for mm-hmm. freight now that all the numbers are out. Right. And yeah. so, when you start to see that. And if that trend continues, um, maybe you'll see drivers hang out a little while longer until it's more beneficial to... Uh, so it could be it could be a good thing for retention that there's not all that freight out there. But, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I, I have to think that if, if I'm a company and I'm trying to focus more on retention rather than hiring more guys, you got to get rid of the bonuses or at least stop promising crazy high bonuses because once the driver gets that bonus or they realize what all it's going to take to get that bonus they're going to jump ship and go somewhere so that's where the that's where the retention comes in but i think if you instead of trying to you know promise these these big pie in the sky numbers with the bonuses if you just pay a little more work with them on their home time a little bit guys will never leave it it takes it takes very very little uh for a truck driver to feel appreciated and feel like they're being taken care of and you know if, if they get that feeling from from you from your company they're not they're not leaving
2: yeah, we have uh so we've got a few co- a few uh clients uh, you know carriers that that run campaigns with us on a consistent basis and one of the things that they do that that's really awesome is they have like uh guaranteed guaranteed time when you'll be home. So when the guy when the guy goes out, he knows exactly when he's going to be back. And they actually really they really plan the freight so that mm-hmm. he can be back when he's supposed to be back. And then the uh the resets are truly like if it's a two day reset, it's really two days. It's not thirty hours yeah. or what have you, you know. So they they try and they try and make sure that they do that, and we and we see those guys like they they have better retention, um, but you know it's it's an industry wide thing. Like everybody's gotta everybody's gotta get a handle on how how can we uh, continue to grow our fleet and keep our fleet. So
1: i see this all the time with companies they'll they'll always they'll always complain about needing drivers or you see their their job postings all the time but then you know you, you, all it takes is like a, a an easy search on tiktok or you know any, any social media guys don't say drivers don't stay quiet you know if, if they get a bum deal at a company they're gonna be loud about it so <laughs> and, and companies are catching on too um you know walmart has a i don't know if they're paying them or what but there's hundreds of walmart drivers just dancing away on tiktok right Oh, well, not dancing but you know just they're on tiktok and they're saying hey mm-hmm. i drive for walmart whereas that wouldn't be the case uh when it went back when i was you know my first few companies they had like really strict, you know social media policies they they don't want their company logo in the truck on your facebook photos you know every, everything was locked down you know don't don't say where you're at don't don't say where you're going um and do not mention that you drive for us now it's like now wow. it's like oh you guys are a perfect recruiting re- tool for, re- recruiting tool for us so yeah by all means you know tell, tell them where you're working and um, they do a great job with it too because they'll you hear rumors about companies oh you guys do nothing but drop hook. you guys do nothing but live lows and the drivers will say "I work for them, here's my logo you know they, they can they can um, you know tell the truth or at least their truth of what, what the job is actually like versus what the rumors online say.
2: Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause you mentioned TikTok, like we love TikTok and, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like the old school word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it depends on what drivers are there. Right. So when we look at, when we look at place media, you know, if you're looking for, for a certain, for drivers of a certain experience level, maybe newer to the industry or whatever, you're going to find a lot of them on TikTok. Yep. Um, uh, when you're looking for, for, Some of the veterans that have been in it in the game for a long time, you're going to find them on Facebook, right? And so it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's trying to figure out what you can do, but in both places, it's the new word of mouth, right? And I mean, it's been the, it's been the new word of mouth for other industries forever. But like you said, I think companies are now a little bit, um, a little bit more laxed on understanding that. Oh yeah, it, it's a good thing for the drivers to be promoting my brand on their social media channels because it it it's more authentic than um than running some ad by with some actor or something.
1: Yeah. You now no, the the opposite of that though is like we we're starting to see more streamers uh get in the trucks or the truck more truck drivers become streamers. So like guys will have a webcam facing out out the cab and another one in the cab and they'll just be on Twitch you know while they're driving and i'm like oh that's that's a good way to like double your income i guess if you're earning money as a partnership on on twitch but you know the companies are shutting those guys down they're like do not because we 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 just covered a major accident (laughs) yeah um this this, uh twitch streamer um was driving down a road and uh, a pickup truck came into his lane coming at him so he he moved over to get around him and just that little bit of, of movement he went into a ditch and rolled rolled the truck Live, live during his stream, he wasn't hurt. Uh, fortunately, and, and, the, and the police it are hurts. on the lookout yeah. for that uh, that pickup truck. They're treating it as a, a hit and run. Um, you know, so fortunately, uh, you know, the, the, oh, the, wow. because because they have the footage and everything, it, it cleared him of any wrongdoing. But like, you what know, well, if he was picking his nose? If he was looking at his phone to check his notifications or any, anything that was on that footage would have been a slam dunk um, for the insurance company. Or God forbid, there was an injury uh, for someone else. You know, they, they could have they could have had an easy easy settlement from that. So yeah, they, I think his company shut him down pretty quick. Yeah. That's, yeah that's... So he's, he's still working with them, but they're like, please do not uh, live stream. <laughs> and it sucks too. Cause he, he had a pretty good uh, sized following, you know, if you start doing it for a while, enough, enough people, you know, become fans and they actually like what you're doing. and They can ask questions and stuff. Cause you know, most, most people don't know what it's like being a truck driver. So it's really cool to see, you know, you don't have an ER doctor with a GoPro on his head streaming 24, seven, but you can do that with truck drivers. Cool. And you can ask them questions yeah. and, you know, see what it's like. Um, but, yeah, the companies are like, nah, don't do that.
2: <laughs> we we got to figure out, though, uh, how, to, how to use that to the best of our abilities. Like my, my – uh, both of my kids, they, uh, they have pretty good followings. My, my daughter's in golf and uh, my son is in the cars. And, uh, you know, they, they do really well online. Um, and, uh, you know, even the brands that they support, they do well mm-hmm. Right, they do well from supporting those brands, and and I think that that's the that's the connection that we have to figure out how to make uh, in logistics. Is you know there is a there is an an army of your employees out there that love your brand and love your company. Um, they can help you get more people to love your company by by giving them the opportunity
0: to say something, you know? So,
2: but then you got to be ready for the the backlash on the other end if somebody
0: doesn't like mm-hmm. this stuff. <laughs> One little factoid for everybody: We're doing a couple of articles to help for drivers to help them check their background checks. Uh, be on the lookout for an article on how to pull your DAC report, and also your pre-appointment screening report from FMCSA. Uh, those will be hitting uh, on the Friday and Monday on around the Christmas holiday. Uh, you know, that's something you need to be taking taking. In, An account when filling out an application because your employer will be pulling those and Mm verifying them. And if what's on your employment application doesn't match what's on their reports, they're going to want to get that uh, sorted away, and you know, could cause you to have some issues or might not get the pay you want when if you decide to work for that company. So be on the lookout for those articles. But, you know, uh, just want to say thank you to TruckDrivingJobs.com, you know, Eric and Robert for uh, giving us some of your time and explaining to us uh, what your company does for drivers and, you know, talking about the current driver hiring situation we're dealing with right now.
2: Thanks very much for having us, guys. We super appreciate
0: it. All right. And uh, do you guys have any, like, uh, websites or social media you want to mention before we sign off?
2: Uh, Check out TruckDrivingJobs.com. Next time you're you're looking to... uh... To get the best driver uh, job out there.
0: All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm James Roosterbone here with Justin Supertrucker Martin for Back to Truck Up Podcast, and we will catch you guys down the road and have happy, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year.
2: Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs)